Live. Live from... This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast. We're New York sports talk from a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Got a special bonus episode for you this week. New York Mets making big news today, and I mean massive hot stove shattering news. They trade for Francisco Lindor, Carlos Carrasco, give up Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, two prospects to basically shake up their whole lineup, whole offseason. Big move. As far as an instant reaction podcast, we're going to be joined in just a bit by Martina Puccio, Will Schneiderhan, Met fans, both of them. We've talked to them on the podcast before. But we will get, get into this and break down what this means, what it could mean for us going forward, right after this. Meet the Mets. Everybody's coming down to meet the M-E-T-S Mets of New York. All right, we are back here on the podcast. Breaking news today. Francisco Lindor traded the Mets, broke the baseball internet. Join me today. Talk about it on the podcast. First up, Martino Puccio is here. Martino, how are you? Good, good. Um, top day in Mets history. Uh, one of the better days in Mets history for sure. This was, uh, you know, a long time coming. We knew from when Steve Cohen took over as owner of the Mets that we would be waiting for the first major move. There were a couple, you know, like solid moves with McCann and Trevor May, but this is, this is the Uncle Stevie Cohen money has truly arrived type of deal that takes – the whole league on notice, all of sports on notice, and it lets people know that, you know, a team with another $30 million or so before the luxury tax just added the best shortstop in baseball on top of already a talented roster. So this is a great day. Um, probably my favorite day outside of the Cohen sale and the pennant, probably since the Beltron signing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think I think for sure. That it's the, or probably the Johan trade, the Johan trade, because we didn't know what was going to happen yet with the recession and the whole Bernie Madoff thing. We thought Johan was like the final piece for the World Series, but this one is for sure because now we know there's more clarity with the financial situation, farm system, who they hired in general, and it's not the Wilpons, you know. I, it goes without saying. Definitely goes without saying. Also, with me, I talked to him earlier this week. We talked about the Jets. Now we're talking about the Mets. Will Schneiderhan. Will, how are you? Doing well. He can't. You can't not be doing well today. Well, I guess you could, but if you're a Mets fan, <laughs> you're you're doing just fine. If you're a Mets fan, you are frigging giddy right now. I mean, obviously, news broke earlier today. Jeff Passan was the first report that they were deep in this trade. Deal gets done, and 
this literally just came out of left field, man. I mean, I'm, you guys are talking about this. We have a group text called Conway Money where we just, the most talk about the Mets. Sometimes we complain about the Jets, but when this came out, I'm like, no way this is actually happening. And then once you see this happen, this is like honestly the biggest trade this franchise has made since Mike Piazza. Yeah, um, there's there's no doubt. It's a clear signal to the fan base that, you know, it's not the piece, it's not the Mookie Betts piece that it was for the Dodgers where they just needed, you know, one more thing and then it's a fully operational Death Star. This is kind of just like, you know, the main cog in, in all of this. You have DeGrom as your best pitcher, your ace. You have a really good staff. And and again, we to, speaking of pitching, you don't even mention Cookie Carrasco. I forgot, you know, that's just a really solid pitcher because if you look at it at the end of the day, his upside is the number two on the staff. Like he pitches his best, you know, you could argue Syndergaard, but that's off of Tommy John and he's had injury issues. But, you know, Carlos Carrasco looked fine last year, like really good, you know, pitching sub three ERA. You can only take away so much in 60 game season. But if you look at all the other years in his career in recent years, since 2014, the only down years, 2019, in 2019, he's come back from cancer. So there's not really like anything that you could point to there that's saying, oh, like we don't like him in the long term. Guys pitch better, deeper into their careers now. He hasn't thrown that many innings. He has shown he's been healthy and it's only $13 million. If he's going to be better than, you know, Marcus Stroman, who's getting around, you know, what was it? The 18 and change, right? For the qualifying offer. Yeah, 18-6. Yeah, 18-6. So you're getting, you know, a few million cheaper. And then on top of that, their team options. So it's not, a, there's nothing that hurts them there in this on top of what they gave up. So I just, I don't see any downside to any part of this trade for them. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned the return I'm talking about. I look at this return when person, I'm like thinking, okay, we're getting both of these guys. How much are we giving up here? Because, you know, top of the line, shortstop contract year, Quality pitcher, but saves us from spending money on Jake Otterizzi. And then you look at the returns. Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, who are both redundant at that point if you have Lindor. Then you look at the two prospects, Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green. They're like good prospects. Top 10 in the Mets system. But, Will, I think it's awesome trade. that San, Again, Sandy is the anti-Brody. He knows how to protect his top guys, where Brody just gets rid of everybody for whatever he can sell it for. <laughs> yeah, there's a different difference in the way Sandy operates where, you know, he's methodical, he's really thought out and Van Wagen is just, he was too anxious. And obviously the role was too big for like his qualifications. And, you know, it's, it's just day a night day difference between the two. And uh, I, I mean, this was just like a Sandy trade through and through. Like we've seen, we saw in the past, uh, Jay Bruce, when he traded for Jay Bruce, I know Bruce didn't really play well after that trade, but you traded what Dilson Herrera and Herrera hasn't panned out. Cespedes trade, I know like that didn't end well between organization and player, but um, for what we traded at the time and where we went after got Cespedes, it was fantastic. And now this, it's just, you know, this reminds me of the Betts trade in a sense. I, I don't think they're the same caliber player, maybe, you know, Betts is a step above Lindor. Um, I think that's fair to say. And, um, but still, it's like, a, you know, you had a team that was back in the corner. They wanted to, to get rid of a guy. You want to get rid of arguably the best player at the position in the sport. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, you know, it's kind of sucks when you see like a guy, like prospects like a Med Rosario flare out. But, you know, that's part of baseball. And, um, you know, I hope 
I do hope that he goes to Cleveland and kind of finds himself because I still think he's a talented player. But yeah, the trade itself for the Mets, you got the best shortstop in baseball, like Martino said, a super dynamic player, someone who I'm sure like bets with the Dodgers, you know, how they got that deal done. That'll happen here. And, um, you know, hopefully he's playing shortstop for the next like 10 years. I, you know, I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> Yeah, ideally, we die next time you're going to sign for one more year, but this deal gives them a top five player in baseball right now. He's going to be the core of their lineup, going to be right in the middle of that order with Pete Alonzo and Michael Conforto and Dom Smith and all of that. And I think it's interesting because I was listening to the press conference today and with uh, Sandy Olsen and Jared Porter at 3 o'clock, and they were talking like, you know what, like, we're not done yet. And Sandy, at the quote of the day, said, like, we're pretty hungry over here. So, I mean, I think... I think you guys can both agree with me, right? Like, I think we're out on Bauer, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think we're definitely. Uh, out. Yeah, yeah. I, there, there's no, there's no way unless he does this weirdo thing that he likes what the Mets are doing so much, and he spurns people for like eighteen million, and he's not commanding the thirty-six to forty that he wanted, and he's, you know, like because he's that kind of peculiar guy who's like one-year deals, one-year deals. But then he like you know he's commanding forty million, so like it's it's tough to read on him. But yeah, I I I'm, I'm saying it's done. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with moving on from him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I <am laughs> well, plus I mean, like there is incentive for him to take a one year deal because I know he said famously that he will get himself get paintballed and a paintball in the junk if he gets like takes more than a multi year contract. But I don't think he's taking a one year deal for less than like thirty five million dollars. There's no way that Mets are giving him that. Well, not after that. He, he just like after the seat, just wants Cy Young. You know, it just yep. it would be smart. Like he's literally there's no way he would take a one year deal. Like no way. He he he's justified in taking the highest offer for the longest term. After that season he just had, it's like <laughs> that's just what you have to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think also for me, Martin, I think it's also nice that you don't have to play the Trevor Maurer mind games on Twitter of like, oh, what is he doing now? What's he saying in this video? Now they can say we have enough pitching. We don't need to go add a top tier guy. No, you don't. You don't even, you know, it's funny because Carrasco, you know, at his peak season, he's had more quality seasons than Bauer has too, you know? And it's not like Bauer is like spring chicken. The guy is like on the better side of, uh, on the worst side of 30 now or approaching it. So it's, you know, it's, there's a lot more question marks there with Carrasco. Some of those have been already answered, um, especially the fact that his best season wasn't in a 60 game sample size yes and these guys were on the same staff at one point as well and Carrasco you know at that point it was Kluber was the guy and this also you know it opens up the other avenues where you know now you're not really worrying that much about the rotation if you can you can get one more arm in there but this is just you know you could add your Brad hand um they could they could essentially there I think there's a path where if they really tried to they could get hand uh Hendricks and try Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field. I think that's that's a scenario in which they'll look down that path. I'm not saying it's likely because JBJ will be coveted just simply purely for his defense. And, you know, on the Springer front, the Springer front, too, is is fascinating with center field because, you know, you're not even tied to, you know, competition against like five other teams it's, it's still just the blue jays yep. and it's and even then they've been lowballing reportedly so all you have to do is come with an offer that's like you know substantially better overall say like 20 million in general in total for like the length of the deal they could do five years still they could still give up that there's more money coming off the books next year what you essentially did was you know 
fill up the whole 24 million that was going to go to Cano. And on top of it, it's, you know, a few extra million with the Carrasco because Lindor's in the high teens, Carrasco's around 13 million. Like it's a home run. And this was the advantageous market that they were talking about. And again, to the prospect thing, the, you know, you keep your blue chip prospects and they're two guys like Rosario. He had this season or next guys. Otherwise he wasn't going to be a coveted piece. He's just kind of like that filler prospect quote unquote at the end of the deal to just, you know, fill it up and be like, okay, well we got like a 20% chance or whatever of Rosario, even scratching some of the potential that he has. Like we were just like, the guy couldn't get a walk last year. And it's kind of like, you know, enough is enough at this point. Jimenez, we could have sold high on him right now. Like, we don't know if we could have just saw the best of Andres Jimenez, you know, in a shortened season where not too many pitchers have that many information on him. And the guys that are pitching, you know, are, you know, the Red Sox series, like who were half those guys, they were pulling them off the streets. So there's really not much to take away. Wolf and, and Green aren't even, you know, Sandy guys too. Sandy hasn't lost a trade since he's been with the Mets. No, he hasn't. And it's continued. And, and it's continuing that way. So, and it also keeps your options open just in case you want to make another trade where you don't essentially want Nemo. You don't want to keep J.D. Davis. You know, like your options are still open. You're not, you know, there's a lot of flexibility here. Yeah, it definitely is. And I know we're divided on what to do with it because I feel like I'm more in your camp where, like, hey, let's spread the wealth around. Let's get a couple of guys here. Let's add another reliever. Let's add, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. Let's go for the, you know, let's go for the upside guy at the Corey Kluber, James Paxson, give ourselves a chance that maybe, you know, like if they're healthy, they become a two-star. If not, there are five. It's not a big deal. But Will is still all aboard the Springer train. So, Will, tell me why. Well, it's basically just – determining if you want to do that or not at this point you know what i mean like it's not like uh in prior years where you're just kind of like okay we can only look at kluber because we won't pay for this and that it's like i mean i'm fine with either way you know what i mean it's like all right do we just want to go into the luxury and get george springer or do we just play it more safe and play the long game which like i get because you you got some extensions that are coming up and so on but um i just think you, you in this market, like I don't really necessarily think Springer's going to get the contract uh, terms that he wants, it's uh, dollar amount wise. But just like take advantage of it, man. And and, and Springer is fantastic. He's still going to play center field for at least another three seasons, and then you know you, you're probably going to have to eat it in the back end of that contract. But most contracts tend to be like that. But again, yeah, if you want to get JBJ, this should be out there pick everything off i mean the dude's one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball i'm fine with that too um i just think you're juggling a little bit with like nimmo and um and jbj you know daily lineup stuff where like you get george springer you're getting everything in one guy right there um but yeah i i do also think like you're gonna be able to get kluber or a paxton i think for significantly less than maybe some are assuming i do not believe that I mean, one-year deal for what? what? What's the dollar amount you're thinking on that? Like four million bucks? I can't imagine he touches double digits. It's just no, they're not healthy enough. It's probably like four or five with like a incentives thrown in there, but like how many starts they make and innings pitch and stuff like that. Bring you up to like probably get, get them a chance to get up to like 11 or 12 if they're wholly healthy. Very true. Yeah. But so, I mean, that's definitely, um, I would like to see them kind of roll the dice on there. But yeah, George Springer, I just think like, one of the big, and I know culture is like a big, like cliche buzzword in sports, but man, 
you just go put George Springer and Francisco Lindor in a locker room with already guys like Michael Conforto and uh, Pete Alonzo and Dom Smith. I mean, I just, I really think if you're trying to mold a team with talent, you know, leadership, you go and do that and you, and you kind of round it out. And obviously it's easier said than done. And talking about spending other people's money is uh, always very easy, but um, yeah, I would love them. Love to see them go and get George Springer and just really up the middle, solidify a lot of um, the defensive issues that this team has had in the past. Yeah. The way I see it is sort of like George Springer is like, you're going for the kill. You're going for like, okay, we want to win in 2021. Here's the best guy that fits our biggest need. Let's go do it. But there are other things to consider here, including the fact that they only have about $27.5 million left under the luxury tax. And Steve Cohen has gone on the record saying, we don't want to go over this year. We want long-term flexibility. So it feels like a case where, A, they want the number to be right, where they're not going to overpay for George Springer. And, B, it's like this might be a situation where, you know, we're trying to, like, make a trade off a little money to give yourself room to play. Because Andy Martino said earlier on SNY that, like, you know what? Most, like most of these teams, the Mets want to have like five to ten million dollars under the luxury tax in case you know something happens during the season. All of a sudden, oh, we need a left fielder. We can go get one. Not be completely pressed against the cap against the tax. So, I think it's interesting. I think you can look at things like maybe you try and dump Jerry Familia for something and hopefully get something out of it. I've heard you're gonna of- have to attach something yeah. to it. You, yeah. You're going to have to probably look at, like, it's it's difficult, though, right? Like, because yeah. teams aren't even willing to play cert, or pay certain relievers, like, nine, ten million a year is too expensive. Yeah. Like, Familia is at, at 11. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of, you know, that's hard to make a team bite. You got to give them something decent. So, that's the only thing I ca- that will suck about it. But I'm, bo- I'm on board. Like, who's the best player you would attach with Familia in order to bring in somebody like, Say the Mets can only get George Springer in hand or a Hendricks, hypothetically. Like, who's the best player you're attaching with Familia, prospect, or 25-man roster-wise? Like, yeah, it's like, are you willing to depart with J.D. Davis on top of Familia to go and potentially bring in those guys? Because I would say yes, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. I would definitely consider that. Like, if you tell me I can get George Springer and Brad Hand in here and I have to dump J.D. Davis with Familia – I'd probably do it. Well, how, how many years does Familia have? One or two left? One. This it's last... just this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That makes it a little, a little easier. I mean, if you, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, it, I truthfully think they're going to get a little closer to that tax. Like, I, I, for a year, if it's a year, you know what I'm trying yeah. to, for yeah. a first time offender hitting that tax, it's, it's, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to tell you, I know what it, exactly what the, what it is, but I don't think it's that much. And if you're telling me, you're, you need to dip into that as a first-time offender one time in order to get the likes of a George Springer, a Brad Hand, uh, a Hendricks, you know, the names we have said, then I mean. You yeah. get $36 million off the books from Stroman, Familia, and Patances alone. That's not even resolving the Cano situation. That'll probably, that's, you know, figure itself out eventually. There's going to be some sort of buyout or maybe something within his, you know, contract after testing positive twice like there's a there's a lot of flexibility and then on top of it don't forget the james mccann front part of the contract is cheaper it's eight million per for the first two so again they there's something there i personally think whether it's springer or bradley i'm almost more confident in a hand and or hendrick showing up i think that's what's next 
Mm -hmm. I think the center thing can drag out the rest of this month. I truly do. Because if it's just the Blue Jays, then we just, you know, call up Springer's agent and say, okay, we want to resolve the relief pitcher market because that's kind of like a thing with, um, I'll move. I believe it was Trainian. Yeah. Try and sign with the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think there's more dominoes. To yeah, I think, uh, uh, Passon suggested that he was on the K show and he was saying basically what's happening is, is like, it's literally the Mets and the blue Jays, like in, in the Lindor um, for Springer, where w- what it came down to was like the Mets just did it. You know what I mean? Like it's that simple um, where I'm sure that's what's going to happen with Springer. Like you said, Martina, what if they're just going to like, one of these teams is just going to do it um, where you can just wait. I don't like, like he's the best in his position on the market. You kind of know where the value is. So it's not like if Jackie Bradley jr. Was signed before Springer, that's necessarily going to affect Springer's market value. So I just, I, I do think that that's going to take a little bit longer. Um, and it sounds like Sandy's like really into Brad hand. He made the comment like right off the cuff about him where like, I, I think that that's just inevitable. I think it's a lock. I think he's going to be here probably within a week or a half. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I think in terms of Springer, also the thing that you have to consider with that is not even just going over the luxury tax this year. It's just like, as Sandy has said before, even Steve Cohen says, they want to build a sustainable winner. And obviously, you're locking him in for long-term money. you got to pay Lindor because obviously you're not giving up all that stuff to let him walk after a year. You're going to have to pay Michael Conforto. You're going to have to pay Syndergaard if he comes back well. Jake's going to opt out after 22. You're going to have to pay him long-term. So your question is, like, what number do they feel comfortable giving George Springer? Or at what point do they say, you know what, Toronto can have him, we'll just go get JBJ for a year and then figure it out? Absolutely. And that's just, you know, hey, that's what it's going to come down to for sure. But um, that's that you got to tie up a lot of money if you bring him in, which makes a lot of sense. But, yeah, I mean, I, I whatever ha- – I can't project what's going to happen in the future, those contracts, those players, and so on, you know. So it's one of those things where you mentioned it already way before, Phillips, where – they're basically going to, if they do Springer, you're basically determining like, all right, let's just go and try to get one right away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, I think that's it. And I think let's wrap this little instant reaction up here. We'll go around the horn here quick. Martino, the next moves to the Mets are what? Um, I would say for the, for the main roster, it'd probably be Brad Hand. I really, I really do think that. I think knowing what the price is for him now and just these other relievers, they can get him in for a little less than the 10, right? Because they have that, like the Indians weren't willing to pay 10. I don't see a team going over that, um, that needs it. So I think that'll be that. And Porter was talking about shoring up through the middle. So I think it's, I think it's a guarantee now that it'll be JBJ or Springer, but the first move will tell you what the others are going to be obviously i mean that's easier said than done but if you see hand signed for like two for 18 or something like that then i still think the door for springer is is slightly open i think i think there's a potential there and i wouldn't be you know surprised with all the reports that they might dump a guy in a trade i i I think that's possible yeah Uh, we might have to when does anyone know when we're finding out more about the guarantee of the dh because I know we saw that it's the only thing they're bringing back is a minimum three batters yeah, per I, appearance. But I was watching today on MLB Network. I don't know if you guys were. Um, they were thinking like, you know, DH is still not completely out of the question. And now if DH is, you know, 
not out of the question, then, then I don't know. Then I think, then I think everything's on the table, to be honest with you, then, then they'd be more okay with dumping a JD Davis or sorts because right now they're forced to play Dom Smith and left. Yeah. And then where is like Nimmo going? Like there's, there's guys that don't have a position right now. So I, they have to figure that out first before what they do in center field. Right. Because you can't sign a center fielder before knowing what the DH situation is. Yeah. Then like, if there's no DH, you sign Springer Smith plays where you're sitting Pete. Like how often are you sitting Pete? You, are you going to trade Nimmo at that point? Or are you keeping him in left field? Like, I think there's just so many other question marks that you open up um, with that situation. I think so I'll go with Brad Hinge. Yeah, I think that one is, I think it's not as hard he'll make it. I think it's like basically like Nemo, Dom, and Pete all play four games a week, and Smith plays two at first base and two in left field. I think that's the way it ends up being in that case. That's how I think they do it. It's not the worst for one year. I could tolerate it for a year. Yeah. But, you know, long term, it's going to have to be yeah. like thought, thought hard. Yeah, and here's one that I was thinking about because I saw that the Mets were also poking around Chris Bryant in trade rumors. What do you think about, like, Dump the familiar money, make familiar money, JD Davis over the Cubs or Bryant. You're gonna have to give Nemo, I think. When I was reading that though, it really I so I didn't understand. I couldn't get the indication. I thought that that was like beforehand, right? Like that, yeah. or, or it's not beforehand. Before. It was also Nightingale, yeah. Before the Lindor trade, people were saying like that's when the report was coming out because Nightingale had it. But I, it's funny you bring it because like I do actually think that that trade. Is like you what Martino suggested. Like you can do that. I don't think I, the Cubs to me are just trying to like get rid of guys. And just, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. I really, if I'm trading for a guy now, I'll be honest with you. I'd rather Luis Castillo uh-huh, from the Reds. Probably, like that's the only guy I'm willing to trade for for a major league guy right now. You're dipping in that top six league. prospects. You going for Luis Castillo? Yeah. He's a pitcher, obviously younger control yeah. or did he sign a deal? Or is he still, he's still on club control, right? He doesn't yeah. have a term contract. Yeah. I don't know. Brian's like kind of one of those, like, and will be the show trades. I feel like, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I, who knows? He's going to cost like North of 200. And that's not something I want, especially when you have the looming extensions. No. It, resign. You know, it's just, and he's, he's injury prone, man. It's just, there's, there's a lot of things with Chris Bryant that I'm just, I'm kind of not on board with, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's, so that's just, that's just me. Yeah. Well, what is your next move for the Mets? What do you think they're going to do following this? I, I do think it's going to be like Brad hand or, or Liam Hendricks, but more towards Brad hand. I do feel like though, like just kind of going off like the, you know, what we've been talking about. I, I would not be surprised if they try to get an extension done with, um, Conforto. So yeah. Just because it, I feel like it just benefits them so much and it helps them navigate this offseason. You know what I mean? Like we keep talking about like how we don't want, you know, oh, they, if they sign this guy, you got to be careful because extension, extension, extension. Like it only benefits them, obviously, to get it done. And um, I, I, I would be interested to see how far that goes um, this offseason. Hunson Alonzo one. Because it's, I don't know if they do like an Albies or, or a Cunha extension. Yeah, because it does benefit them too. I mean, all those contracts are usually just like, I mean, that Acuna deal is like highway robbery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, what is it, two hundred million they're paying him, and he's like literally a top, what five? Did eight, it? Did it even hit two hundred? I, I don't think. It, I thought I, it was like a little bit below. I might have. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got to look up the deal. I remember seeing it. I'm like, there's no way that they gave him that little money because this is just like highway robbery with what they gave him because the money that they saved on him and Albies basically allowed them to re-sign Freddie Freeman, which it is was nice. Albies was like $40 million and Acuna got a, eight years for 100 So it was half of what, like, they... Which which is good, which is good leverage. Um, you know, it was, it was good leverage for them, but I don't, I don't see it getting done. Yeah. In Alonzo thing, I think it's going to be Noah. Got to see how he looks. Conforto first. Conforto. Yeah, it's Conforto. Yeah, it's Conforto first, and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's that's the other thing you have to consider with the Springer thing. It's like if you're just paying Springer, and you're paying Lindor. At that point, do you have like enough long term wheels to re to re up Conforto? If it's not the right number for Springer, that's the one thing you have to consider here. Absolutely. No, and 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 like no joke. Like, like that's just it's easy. You know, you're gonna you got to keep the money for Conforto. The dude's just. Oh man, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you guys. I think Brad Hand is probably the next move, but I will also throw out there. I feel like I think there is some they're gonna be sniffing around that market for that, like one of those buy low pitchers who can give them like extra arms in the act of the rotation. Because right now the Met rotation, you you have either Steven Matz or Seth Lugo, and you can make your bullpen better by taking Lugo out of the mix for sure and leaving Matz as sort of an extra guy. I think you go for one of those guys like your. James Paxton's or your Corey Kluber's and say, Hey, come on in here, be an extra guy. And we saw what happened with them last year where they were just ran out of pitchers at one point. We're just converting guys out of the bullpen in the middle of the year. And we're starting freaking Ariel Gerardo in Baltimore because they had no arms. So I think they're going to learn that lesson. They're going to go get another starting pitcher. That's my guess. Yeah. Low risk, high reward with a guy like uh, Corey Kluber, Paxton. It's, I mean, that's kind of an easy one too, in my opinion, um, dependent upon, of course, Aren't they going and watching the workouts this week or next week or something like that? I something I think I saw something like that about that. But yeah, I think that's an easy, uh, an easy, an easy uh, grab too. That can, I mean, my God, you get a guy. I mean, if you get Kluber, who's even like seventy percent of what he used to be, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think the difference also with the Mets is like this last offseason that would have been their move. They would have gone and signed Corey Kluber. This kind of kind of said, look. If he's great, if he's healthy, he's our number two starter. Not not mention the complete risk of downside here where. Here, this you'd hate him to be the five. Where there, they would just hope he's the two. It's a new day. Yeah, I just leave it at that. Like I'm just, I'm living in this now. You know, like it's yeah. just time, and I'm so happy that Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson and Porter and everyone's just, it's, it's awesome, man. I'm excited just to see what's going on. Being a Mets fan's fun, and then I can't wait for the season to start. Like it's just really optimistic about what's going on, and I mean, I like. Martino said in the opening of this, like I, I was super young with Piazza. So I, I admittedly really do not remember that, but Beltron and Johan were like the two guys that I remember. And this trumps that uh, like that. I think this is even bigger. Again, I was young with Johan, so I didn't really understand the um, world series implications and so on that was going on with that. But now it's like, this is like the biggest trade I've ever really witnessed as a Mets fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we'll leave it here. I just wanted to point it out there to the audience here. This is sort of like a backdoor pilot. Will Martin and I are working on a new Mets-only podcast called Cohen Money based off of our group chat where we'll talk about the Mets probably like once a week. We're going to aim for a proper lawn in spring training. But with the Lindor news, we figured, hey, put this out here. Be a test. See what people think. Right, Martino? Sorry, it was on the damn thing. Um, yeah. Um, this was, this was just a pilot. We've been in talking about this for weeks now. So finally, this was the perfect day to do it. Um, 
everyone was free for it. So yeah, there, there's more exciting times ahead, and I'm sure we'll talk and discuss as more things happen. Um, hopefully they figure out how many games are going to be played because in reality we're really not far away from pitchers and catchers reporting or the usual time that they do report anyway. So I'm definitely looking forward to everything. It's an exciting time, and listen. Baseball, anything can happen, in my opinion, if you just make the playoffs. The Mets have a playoff caliber team. They get in there, anything can happen. You know, like Dodgers, they they did win this World Series, but let's not forget, like, opposed to, you know, making the World Series back-to-back times, they have lost in the Divisional Series. So it's not like this isn't the late 90s Yankees that they're dealing with out there. Padres, you know, too, they have some injuries. There's it's it's a it's it's not a very difficult national league it's top heavy but i think i think there's some serious you know potential here yeah plus as met fans well we are due to get jacob the prime jacob the grom in the playoffs again we have not seen the grom pitch in the playoffs since 2015 <laughs> and he wasn't even at his best then right no i mean i, I like I would love to see this version of Degrom just mowing guys down and <laughs> with a pack city feel you know i can't Back too, yeah, man. He's probably the one guy. I hope when he heard that they got Lindor, he just like cracked a cold one and kicked back and put a <laughs> put a smile on his face, man. That guy deserves it. Yeah, he does. Let's wrap it up here. Thanks, guys, for hopping on. I appreciate it. We'll do some social media plugs. Martin, I'll people follow you on Twitter if they want to keep what you're up to. Um, you could just follow me at Martino Puccio, soccer stuff, tons of uh basketball as well, because we're in full full fling with that right now um and obviously baseball and then whatever the jets do maybe you know you know how how crazy would it be i just want to get this out there just in case it the one percent it does happen if the jets were to manage to uh trade for deshaun watson we mets and jets fans get lindor and watson in the span of days but um that won't happen i just wanted to put it out there just in case you know <laughs> yeah just, that's just so we had the soundbite <laughs> yeah the soundbite's out there that's more it's like it's more of a march thing than like a january january 7th thing yeah, it's probably it's probably a never thing but you know it's it's worth the shot just putting it out there for for the small chance but it'll probably be justin fields is my guess yeah i think so too well how about you how can people follow you and your podcast where you can talk about Sean watson this week uh, well, I was going to say, it segues perfectly into uh, – follow me on Twitter at Will Shatter H1. And uh, I do a Jets podcast, try to get, like, an episode out every one or two weeks. It's been a little stagnant here as I've been, like, working more and so on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be talking about the Sean Watson and Fields probably on there as we get closer to this draft. But, yeah, and I do a little uh, writing for fans cited, and there's a lot of NFL free agency and all that stuff is coming up closer or sooner than you think. So I'm going to be pumping out a lot of content for that. So, uh, yeah, just keep an eye on what, what I got going on on there. All right. Thanks again, guys. Of course. All right. And there you have it. That was our bonus instant reaction episode to the Francisco Lindor trade. A lot of fun stuff. Talk about the Mets. The Mets are very exciting right now. A lot of fun. A lot of fun times chatting about the Mets. If you want to work on stuff like this podcast, including – my look at what the Jets could do to put together a trade for Sean Watson because, as Will mentioned and Martina mentioned, he's unhappy in Houston right now. He might be asking for a trade. Jets could be well-positioned to make a run at him. Check out the blog over at justthenthesuffering.wordpress.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just and the Suffering on all your favorite podcatchers. You can find all episodes there, including our episode earlier this week when we got ready for the NFL wildcard. We can spoke to Daryl Slater, did NFL picks. All that good stuff as well. You can also leave your feedback and star ratings on this podcast even better going forward. You can also follow me on Twitter 
at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. Forgot to mention the YouTube channel, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Individual conversations on the episodes will be up there as well. That's it for now. Coming up next week, we're going to have a Jets-specific episode. We are going to talk all about the NFL playoffs, some more, do more picks. Until then, it's a good day to be a Met fan. Come on and meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kiddies, bring your wife.